Hi, I'm Bingo Demagogue, and welcome to the podcast, The Populist's Playbook. If you're concerned about the state of politics in the modern world, if you feel like roughly half of voters have taken leave of their senses, if you want to be better informed about the propaganda that's being used to try and manipulate you, then I hope you'll find this interesting. You should definitely find it concerning. We see it close to home. We see it on the news, across every social media channel. In liberal democracies, in totalitarian states, the 21st century is becoming a golden age for demagogues, for nationalists, and for populists. And they might be left-wing or right-wing. They might be American, Italian, Scottish, African, English, or Korean. They might be in the present day. We could even see examples 2,000 years in the past. But the propaganda techniques that populists use are well understood. So why are they still so effective? In this series, we explore the 12 most common tactics of populists. Using examples from history and current affairs, we discover what the techniques are, how to spot them, why they use them, how they work, and how to counter them. And to be upfront, we're making this series with a specific purpose. We've come through a series of elections and referendums in the UK, where populism has damaged politics. Obviously, there's world affairs in places like Italy, uh, South America, and the USA, where we also have an election coming up. If more voters know about these tactics, then more voters can recognise these tactics, and more voters can resist these tactics. We can, hopefully, move politics back to closer to a, a rational leadership debate and consensual progress. Definitions I was talking with a friend who's politically aware and also listens to a lot of podcasts about planning this podcast about populists and nationalists and demagogues. And like most people, she kind of had an idea of what I was getting at, but she wanted some exact definitions of who I meant. I think that's a great place to start um, in this introductory episode. So terms can be fluid. I always say do your own research. Definitions can be imprecise. But if you imagine a three-circle Venn diagram of populists, nationalists, and demagogues, I think these propaganda techniques tie them together. The tactics are where they overlap in their attempts to manipulate you, manipulate voters, and to seize power. What is a populist? So what are populists? Well, populists seek power through a political style that pits the people against the elite. Where they can differ is in the definitions that they choose for either the people or the elite. It may be a religious split. Anti-Semitic populism whips up the mob against um, the idea of a global Jewish elite. White supremacist populism stirs the crowd with things like Islamophobia. They may be split along class, appealing to workers to smash the landlord class. Uh, There may be other racial or other political lines, like the downtrodden Scot against a Westminster elite, uh, or the forgotten British working class against a liberal Metro London elite, or being for the the US blue-collar worker against a a Washington swamp. These are some of the examples that we're going to come into. Populists may be left-wing, right-wing, railing against an elite that they say puts the rights of institutions above the voice of the people. When populists gain power in liberal democracies, they tend to democratic erosion. That's the rolling back of democratic accountability. That's usually by undermining independent institutions like the media or law courts, um, which they put forward as being hostile to the will of the people. But often Reformation is still a profit of a, a, a new elite that they're part of. What is a demagogue? The Oxford English Dictionary definition of a demagogue is a leader of a popular faction or of the mob, A political agitator who appeals to the passions and prejudices of the mob to obtain power or further his own interests. An unprincipled, 
or factious popular orator. So the word comes from the ancient Greek for leader of the people, demagogos. Uh, and if the populists are the movement, then the demagogue is normally the charismatic focus. Populism may be by a committee. Demagogues tend to be individuals with followers. When you hear populist movements being criticised as having a cult-like following, the demagogue is normally the dear leader of the cult. Uh, so a demagogue, as one person, might be a, a divisive character. It can be quite charismatic in person. Uh, they may not always come across as that um, uh, through media. They can be political marmite. People love them, people hate them. What is nationalism? Nationalism is defined as the identification with one's own nation and support for its interests, especially to the exclusion or detriment of the interests of other nations. Nationalism wears many, many masks. It does not always coincide with modern political borders. There's openly racist nationalism, for example, based on Aryan supremacy. Uh, the supposedly kinder civic nationalism claims not to have a racial basis, but still it's based on conforming to an idealised single shared national identity or social outlook. The language of nationalism is to define people as them and us. Then they put us first. So you'll have heard America first, Scotland first, Russia first. It's a peculiar characteristic of nationalism that it can be easier to recognise from far away, and it often looks uglier abroad than at home. Every nationalism thinks itself unique. Uh, to be clear here, there's very definitely a distinction that can be drawn between nationalism and patriotism. To quote George Orwell in his Notes on Nationalism, Patriotism is of its nature defensive. Nationalism, on the other hand, is inseparable from the desire for power. So, populists, nationalists, demagogues, some people are all three, that's who we're going to be looking at. The format of the podcast is going to be 12 episodes, one on each of 12 propaganda techniques that are most closely associated with them. We're going to compare some examples, we'll look at what was done and why, uh, and I hope also we can build out some strategies for countering these techniques when you find them in the wild. So 12 tactics, 12 episodes, what are they? The first one is promising the impossible. That's making promises they won't be able to keep, ranging from the virtually impossible to the literally impossible. Attacking the media. From denouncing critical coverage as fake news or biased mainstream media and censorship, uh, to attacks on journalists ranging from just trying to get them fired to literally jailing, assaulting and killing them. This technique is especially insidious at skewing people's perception of reality online. Accusing opponents of weakness. This is very interesting. Often this is holding up a mirror. The populist will accuse their opponents of weaknesses that they themselves are trying to hide. Vulgarity and outrageous behavior. We're going to be spoilt for choice here, whether it's mocking a disabled reporter, politically gatecrashing a sporting event with a flag, or deliberately breaking the rules of a parliament chamber. Personal insults and ridicule. This is name-calling. This is the, uh, the politics of the playground. It's ad hominem, playing the man and not the ball, shooting the messenger... When you don't want to argue against your opponent's points, you attack and ridicule them uh, as people to draw away from the logic of the argument. It can be done against an individual or a group. Gross oversimplification. This is one of their most powerful tools. It's the art of reducing a complex socio-economic issue with great uncertainties into a three-word chant that can fit in a tweet. The issue is, if it then takes any nuance at all, any complexity to argue against the claim or to rebut it, then the three-word chant is going to secure a place in the voter psyche of the followers. It's getting the message to the level of the lowest common denominator. Scapegoating. The blame game. If you can make it someone else's fault, then one, you absolve yourself and your followers of responsibility, and two, you can unite people behind you against the enemy, whether or not the threat is real. It's a powerful technique and also one of the most harmful and divisive. Fear-mongering. The threat of terrible future things if a course of action is or isn't taken. 
often exaggerated or imagined, but put forth with very strong imagery. It's literally designed to bring out an evolutionary emotional response, fear. Why? Because when people are scared, they don't make good or rational decisions. Emotional oratory. I don't want to mention Hitler. I really don't want to mention Hitler. Thanks to Godwin's law, by the time you compare someone to Hitler, you've lost the argument. But you get the idea. Rallies, speeches, arms in the air, uh, signs that stir the heart. Arguments stronger on pathos than logos or ethos. I'm going to try and do this episode on emotional oratory without mentioning Hitler. Folksy, man of the people posturing. Once you know this one, you see it everywhere. This is a part of the positioning of the populist against an elite. If you see someone who's actually a millionaire banker making sure they're photographed down the pub smoking a fag and drinking a pint, um, if they're a millionaire landlord politician claiming to be a simple crofter, um, or they might be a billionaire property developer who lives off fast food and wears a baseball cap, well, that last one might just genuinely be his personality, but we'll get into this on the episode. Threats of violence and intimidation. Horrible, but can be effective. Often in modern politics and modern democracies, this is done with dog whistling. The threat might be explicit, or it might be a hint to followers further down the chain, or it might simply be turning a blind eye to violence and intimidation done in your name. Um, in some less liberal democracies, um, the threats of violence and intimidation are followed up. It's literal political assassinations. Line. And finally, line. There's a case to be made that all politicians lie, uh, and that all the other techniques involve lying, but some lies are bigger and bolder than others. This episode may turn to a bit of a, a greatest hits, pulling out examples that we've looked at in the other tactics. So we're going to be looking at examples from around the world, through ancient and modern history as well as current affairs. If I can get time as well as recording the podcast, we're going to get these pulled together as articles you can read and share as well, and with additional information and detail. Those articles will have links and references to any quotes or wider reading or sources. Please like and subscribe the podcast wherever you find it. Um, it'd be great to get a, a rating as well. You can reach me on Twitter at Bingo Demagogue, B-I-N-G-O-D-E-M-A-G-O-G-U-E, and through the populistsplaybook.com. As I say, we're going to be looking at wide-ranging examples, but all politics is local. So as we learn about the different techniques, you're probably going to become more aware of them in your own circle, whether that's uh, the US or the UK or the EU or elsewhere. You can join me for the next episode. We're going to start with Promising the Impossible, as we open chapter one of the Populist's Playbook. <laughs>